You are listening to audio from First Baptist Church in Fort Walton Beach. If you would like more resources or to watch our service online, please visit fbcfwb.org. Listen in as Pastor Wade helps us abide in Christ and advance the gospel through the teaching and the proclamation of God's Word. You can tell a lot about people's theology from the stickers or the tags on their vehicle. Years ago, I saw a a lady driving a really fancy car, really nice vehicle, beautiful car. And on the license tag on the very front, it said one word, blessed. Now, the implication of that was, God has blessed me with a fancy car. God has blessed me with a really nice vehicle, and undoubtedly that was true. But implied in that license plate on that fancy car is this. God's blessings that we are to enjoy are primarily material, physical. In Ephesians, Paul wants us to understand that the greatest blessings that come from the hand of God for His children, are not material blessings, even though we are blessed materially. The greatest blessings are spiritual blessings. And He wants us to get this. Because if we don't get this, we won't understand our wealth in Christ. So keeping that in mind, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, we are continuing our study, line by line, verse by verse, this wonderful letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a group of Christians in the first century city of Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to read verse 3 together. Now the sermon is going to be on one verse, but I promise you we're going to speed up eventually, okay? I'm not going to preach a full sermon on every verse in Ephesians, but there's so much here at the beginning that we've just got to kind of slow down and, and understand what's being said. So Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, if you are physically able this morning, I want to ask you to stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word, which is truth with no mixture of error. I'm grateful for the inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God. How about you? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, Paul writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every fancy vehicle. Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Let's pray together this morning. Father, it's been such an encouraging time of worship. Lord, to gather together as a faith family and to sing praises to your great name. To remember that our victory is found in you. To remember that regardless of what's going on around us, even through the the great difficulties that we experience, we can rest and rejoice in the fact that our debt has been paid in full by Christ. Lord, help us to to grasp that in an ever-increasing way. God, help us to, to begin to wrap our hearts and minds around this idea of our wealth in Christ, the spiritual blessings that are ours. 
that we might be changed and live differently by your grace and always and only for your glory. And we ask and pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Would you be seated? Well, a couple of weeks ago we started the book of Ephesians, this letter that Paul wrote to the church in the city of Ephesus in Asia Minor. He wrote this early 60s A.D., probably around 62 A.D., and we know from internal evidence in the book and from comparing this book with the book of Acts that he wrote this book from jail. He was in prison for preaching Christ, and he wrote this, this letter to the church in Ephesus to remind them of some things. Now, what is he reminding them of? Well, I've, I've given you a sentence that's there in your notes. It's the theme, the overall overarching theme of this book. And we're going to repeat this often so that by the time we're through, you'll understand what Ephesians is all about. Here it is. We experience God's grace in Christ, which saves us. Are you glad to be saved this morning? unites us with other believers, and strengthens our Christian walk. I love this quote from R. Kent Hughes. He writes, Ephesians, carefully, reverently, prayerfully considered, will change our lives. It is not so much a question of what we will do with the epistle, but what it will do with us. I like that. So we're praying that as we walk through the book of Ephesians, God will do some things in our Lives and, and I share with you that this book is evenly divided uh, between the first three chapters and the last three chapters. The first three chapters are doctrinal in nature. The last three chapters are, are practical, the, how we live out uh, our Christian faith in light of the doctrines that he shares in the first three verses. Uh, Jay Sidlow Baxter says it like this. The first three chapters are about our wealth in Christ, all that we have in Christ, all the blessings that are ours in Christ. And verses 4 through 6 are about our walk in Christ, how we live out our day-to-day Christian journey. As he begins to share this wealth in Christ, he starts in verse 3. Verses 1 and 2 are introductory verses where Paul introduces himself and lets us know who he's writing to, the saints who are in Ephesus. But in starting in verse 3, he begins to explain for the Christians he's writing to, and for us today, all that is theirs in Christ. Their amazing wealth, spiritual wealth in Christ. And he begins with a run-on sentence. If you're an English teacher this morning, this is going to bug you a little bit. But the first sentence... It starts in verse 3 and goes all the way down through verse 14. It's a single sentence. In the Greek language, it's 202 words long. How's that for English grammar? It's a long sentence. But Paul has a purpose here. He's he's using a run-on sentence deliberately because he is just showing us God's grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. He wants us to be overwhelmed a bit. With all of the blessings that are ours in Christ. This sentence is meant to convey all the blessings that are ours as Christians. And before we get into those individual blessings, starting in verse 4 and going down through verse 14, he gives us kind of a summary statement in verse 3, which is what I want to look at this morning. And and what we see in verse 3 
is we see five aspects of spiritual blessings. So he's going to unpack them in the coming weeks. But, but right now, I want us to just understand five different realities related to spiritual blessings. First of all, I want you to see the source of spiritual blessings. Look what he says there in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Who is blessed? So the source of the blessing is, Paul says, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. They need to understand that Paul is not being generic here. Many times in our culture, people speak of God in a very generic way. Like God refers to whoever you want to think of when you think of a higher power. And the word God kind of encapsulates all of that. The word God can encapsulate different religions and, and different beliefs. But Paul here is, is not uh, being broad when he uses the word God. He's being very specific. He says, God the Father and, and Father, our God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's referring here to the God who has made himself known, listen, through Jesus, and he wants us to know that this God is the only source of spiritual blessings. The God who has made himself known, again, through Jesus. This is the Christian God. This is the God of the Bible. This is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, who formed the Hebrew people, and then through the Hebrews sent a Messiah who came and died on the cross for the sins of the world. This is not generic God. This is the, a very specific God, the God of the Bible, the God who has revealed himself through Christ and Christ alone, the God who can only be known through Christ and Christ alone. This is the Christian God. Do you see that? The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the source of spiritual blessings. In other words, as believers in Christ, we, we don't want to be generic about God. We want to be very clear about who we believe is God. God and Allah are not the same. They're not the same. There's one true God. He's made himself known through his word and revealed himself through his son, Jesus Christ. He is the one true God. And Paul says this is the one who is the source. He is the one, he says, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. So that's the source of spiritual blessings. Number two, very quickly, the key of spiritual blessings. The key of spiritual blessings. Look what he says there in verse 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. Now look at this next phrase. Blessed us in Christ. That's the title of this sermon series. In Christ. And the reason it's the title of this sermon series is because Paul uses this word so much. The expression in Christ and parallel statements occur 36 times in the book of Ephesians. 36 times he's going to point us to being in Christ. In the first 14 verses of this letter, this phrase in Christ or in him appears 10 times. So in this, this run-on sentence, 202 words in the Greek language, 10 times he wants to repeat the idea that, that blessings are found in Christ. Let's do a quick tour. Verse 3, three he mentions that these blessings are, uh, he's blessed us in Christ. Look in verse 4. It says he chose us in him. Look in verse 5. 
He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. That's a, a, a derivative. Look in verse 6. He says, to the, to the praise of his glorious grace which, which, with which he has blessed us in the beloved, or in Christ. Verse 7, in him, there it is again, we have redemption through his blood. Look in verse 9. He says, he makes known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth, here it is, in Christ. Look in verse 10. He mentions a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him. And then in verse 13. In him you also, after uh, hearing the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. This happened in him, in Christ. So you see the repetition here, and we'll see this all throughout the book of Ephesians. This is a, a very powerful and intentional prepositional phrase. He, he says there in verse 3 that, that God bless us in Christ. He is the, the realm of blessing. If we are in Christ, we experience blessing. If we are outside of Christ, we do not experience these blessings that Paul articulates in chapter 1. Or let me say it like this. Spiritual blessings are unlocked only by Jesus. Spiritual blessings are unlocked only by Jesus. There are two groups of people in this room, perhaps, and only two groups of people in the world. Those who are in Christ and those who are not. Those who are saved and those who are lost. Those who are born again and those who are far from God and still in their sins. Those who are headed to heaven and those who are headed to hell. There are only two groups of people. And Paul wants us to understand that if you want to receive these these tremendous spiritual blessings from God, our Father, and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You only experience them in Christ. You have to be a Christian. You have to be saved to experience these spiritual blessings. And as he mentions the six spiritual blessings, which we'll go through in the coming weeks, in this run-on sentence, every blessing is connected with the phrase, in Him or in Christ. Very, very clear. Now, why is this important? Well, why do we need to highlight this and articulate this and, and hone in on the two little words? In Christ. Here's why. I've heard a lot of people in our culture that talk about spirituality without Jesus. In fact, I've heard people say this before. I'm a spiritual person, but I, I'm not into Jesus. I'm into spirituality, but, but, I, but I'm not into Christ. He was maybe an important religious figure somewhere in human history, but I, I'm not a follower of his, but I'm very spiritual. I, I want you to hear me very, very carefully. There is no true spirituality apart from Christ. You want to be spiritual? Step into Jesus, and you'll experience the great tremendous spiritual blessings that come from the hand of the one true God. But if you are outside of Christ, if you are lost, if you are not a follower of His, you will not experience these spiritual blessings. Your spirituality will be, will be a sham because you're not truly connected to the one true God. So Paul makes it clear. 
the key to spiritual blessings, the key that unlocks the door to spiritual blessing is Jesus. He's the only way. Number three, very quickly, the nature of spiritual blessings. The nature of spiritual blessings. Look what it says there in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ. Here it is. With every spiritual blessing. He's not talking about fancy cars, is he? he? He's talking about blessings that are not of this world. But that we enjoy as we walk through this world. He's talking about spiritual, not material blessings. And in the coming weeks, we're going to look at blessings like this. He chose us. He adopted us. He forgave us. He made known to us the mystery of His will. He gave us an inheritance. He sealed us. These are all spiritual blessings that we will be unpacking as we journey through Ephesians. Harold Hainer says it like this, New Testament scholar. God has blessed the believer, listen, with every spiritual benefit necessary for his or her spiritual well-being. So if you are a Christian... God has made available to you all the blessing that you need. It's available for you. And I found it helpful in my own walk with God to make a differentiation between material and spiritual blessings. Now, God's the provider. The Bible says in James 1 very clearly that every good and perfect gift is from above. So material blessings are from His hand. Amen? And I found it very helpful in my own prayer life to spend some time thanking God for material blessings. Clothes to wear, vehicles to drive, food to eat, houses to live in, physical blessings. And I thank God. I don't take those for granted because God has granted us with with physical provision and and blessing in this life. And, And I'm so grateful for that. But if that's the extent of my gratitude, I'm missing out on my wealth in Christ. Paul is clear here. I'm not talking about 401ks. I'm not talking about vehicles. I'm not talking about homes. I'm talking about the wealth you have in Christ. So in my prayer life, I'll I'll spend some time thanking him for his physical blessings, material blessings, but then I'll spend some time thanking him for his spiritual blessings. All that is mine, listen to me, All that is mine, no matter what happens to my material stuff. Let me say it like this. This is a a powerful statement. But it's true. It's based upon this verse. If you have everything this world has to offer, but you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. If you have everything, but you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. Nothing. You can't take your stuff with you. It's not going to matter when you stand before a holy God. It's not going to be enjoyed in eternity. We're not Egyptians that take our our wealth to our tomb with us, thinking we'll enjoy it in the afterlife. But, if you have nothing but Jesus, you have everything spiritual blessing in Christ that this world cannot give you listen and this world cannot take away it's yours in Christ it matters in this life and it matters in the next 
And Paul, is under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wants us to understand our wealth in Christ, all that we have as Christians. The nature of spiritual blessings. Spiritual, not material. Number four, let's talk just quickly about the extent of spiritual blessings. And I keep saying quickly because I'm trying to speed myself up. The extent of spiritual blessings. It's one word. It's one word, but it's one glorious word in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every, everyone say every, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That means that if you are a Christian, God has made available to you, He has poured out upon you every spiritual blessing that there is. In other words, God holds nothing back from His children. If you are His, it's all yours. Every, every blessing we're going to read about in the coming days and study from God's Word, every spiritual blessing here, it's for everyone that knows Christ. Regardless of, of age or gender or socioeconomic status or maturity level or whatever. Ethnicity, language, These blessings are for everyone, and every blessing is for every Christian. God is holding nothing back. I think sometimes we think about God like we think about trust funds. You know, trust funds is you have some some resources, and you want to leave them for your children or your children's children, but you put some, some things in place to make sure they don't get it all at one time and blow it, Right? They've got to reach certain milestones to be able to access the money from that, tr- that trust fund. It may be age. It may be uh, some kind of accomplishment in career or education. And, and there are these stipulations in place that if you meet these, these, these mileposts, then you can, you can have the wealth. That's a trust fund. Listen to me. God is not a trust fund. He doesn't hold back blessing until we reach a certain stage of Christian maturity. He doesn't hold back blessing until we grow in our knowledge of of the Word of God. He doesn't hold back blessing until we reach some kind of level in our Christian faith. Listen, these blessings are yours now in Christ. Every single one of them. God is holding nothing back. Every spiritual blessing. Fifth and last. What are the purpose? Purposes of spiritual blessings. Two things. Number one, spiritual blessings allow us to experience God. Look what it says back in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Here it is, in the heavenly places. What does that mean? Spiritual, not material. But these blessings are, he says, in the heavenlies, or in the heavenly places. That's an interesting phrase. And it's used other times in the book of Ephesians. Heavenly places, or the heavenly realm, is where Jesus is seated at the right hand of God right now. Verse 20 tells us that Jesus right now is at the right hand of God, sitting on his throne, ruling and reigning. One day he will return, but right now he's in the heavenlies, the heavenly realm. And you know what Ephesians 2.6 says? And we're going to get here eventually and, and really break this down. But Ephesians 2.6 says that Christians are seated with him in the heavenly places. And what does that mean? 
It means that Jesus is there literally. He's in heaven literally at the right hand of God. But we are there spiritually. When we placed our faith in Christ, we entered into union with Christ. And it's as if we are sitting in heaven with him. That means that we get to experience, watch this, we get to experience heavenly realities like the presence of God. Security, a front row seat to see the Lord rule and reign and redeem. All of that is ours now. You say, Pastor Wade, I'm not in heaven yet. I'm living in this old world and it's hard. There's sickness and hardship and trials and tribulation. I'm not in heaven yet. You know what Paul's saying? You're not in heaven yet, but in Christ, heaven is in you. You don't have, listen, you don't have to wait for heaven to experience heaven. That's what he's saying. You can experience the riches of heaven, a relationship with God that cannot be broken. You can experience it right now in November 2021 in Fort Walton Beach. You can experience heaven in Christ. It's a remarkable statement. You don't have to wait for heaven. Oh, hear me, hear me, church. You don't have to wait for heaven to experience a rich, meaningful relationship with God. You can have that right now in Christ. And you have that if you're a Christian. Let God open your eyes to the riches that are at yours in Christ. So spiritual blessings allow us to experience God. In the heavenlies. We're not in heaven. Heaven's in us. But let me give you one other thought about the purpose of spiritual blessings. And if you miss this, you miss the point of Ephesians. Spiritual blessings are ultimately for the glory of God. Look how he starts verse 3. We kind of skipped over it in terms of explaining it, but we're coming back to it now. He starts it with the word blessed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The, the Greek word here is eulogatos. It's where we get the word eulogy from. And you know what a eulogy is? Someone stands up at a, at a funeral and they are tasked with saying good things about the person. That's what a eulogy is. To say good things about. So when it says here, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, it's saying we want to say good things about God. We want to praise Him. We want to exalt Him. He is worthy of us saying good things to admire His goodness and His blessing. And so this word indicates that these spiritual blessings that are ours are not ultimately for us. We are blessed by them. We get to experience God. But ultimately, these blessings point us back to the blesser. These gifts point us back to the giver. And his name gets glory. In fact, this theme unfolds in this long run-on sentence. Let me show you very quickly. Look in verse 6. He says that God has adopted us as sons of Jesus Christ. Verse 6. To the praise of his glorious grace. Why did he adopt you and me? So he would get praise. Look in verse 12. It says that in him we've obtained an inheritance... Verse 12, so that we 
we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his, what? Glory. Then look in verse 14. It says, He, the Holy Spirit, is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. Listen, to the praise of his glory. As this long sentence unfolds, helping us to understand our wealth in Christ, our spiritual blessings. Paul is very clear saying it's all about him. It's all about his glory. It's all about his praise. It's ultimately not about you and it's not about me. He pours out spiritual blessings so we will see how great he is and worship him and give him the glory that he alone deserves. It's all about him ultimately. That is the point of Spiritual blessings. So let me give you the statement as we close our time together. And this encapsulates Ephesians 1 and the witness of Scripture. But but when I make the statement, listen, I mean it with all of my heart. And oh, how I want you to get this this morning. Spiritual blessings are far superior to anything this world has to offer. Do you hear what I just said? Spiritual blessings are far superior to anything this world has to offer. And they are available. They are available to anyone who will embrace Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Thank you for listening. We pray you've been encouraged and inspired by God's Word. May the Lord richly bless you.